every morning. My worry was, well, was not soaking up all the good things that happened on the college campus. I was all about the fun. Jan was all about the studies. Well, most of the time she was. I believe that most of us would agree. One out of one worries. We all worry at some point in time. Corey Tenboom once said this about the foolishness of worry. Worry is an old man with bended head carrying a load of feathers which he thinks is lead. Sometimes we just worry about things we shouldn't be worried about. And all of us do that from time to time, don't we? Then we say, how can I overcome my worries? How can I control this? You know, if worry controls you, it will control so many different aspects of your life. It even hinder you from doing daily things. I can't do this because I'm so distracted. I'm so worried about this and that. And worry takes away from just living life. And this is happening more and more in Christians' walk, in the church's walk. Worry has become a major, major problem. So we're going to look at what Jesus said about worry from Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to start by taking this really verse by verse. And so I'm going to be talking about different things, what worry does, okay? My first one is worry is fruitless. And we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, uh, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Worry accomplishes absolutely nothing because it fails to recognize that God is the giver and sustainer of life. Jesus said, the one, referring to God, the one who provides food, drink, clothes, shelter, can be trusted to supply all of our needs. And sometimes we want to qualify that. We say, okay, God's only really care, cares about the big things in life, these big problems that I have. No, no, no. God is concerned about every detail in our lives. He wants to be a part of us and to engage with us as we go through the cycles of life and every daily life. How many have worries? No, all of us worry. We do. It was just yesterday, we had uh, some family over, my daughter was over, and brought the two girls, and said so we, were, we were chit-chatting, then my daughter gets a phone call, and suddenly we knew something was up, something happened. She got very concerned, and, and then she got frustrated, and so we we're kind of talking, but seeing what's going on with Connie, what's going on there? Well, her husband went uh, to, uh, to the gas station, filled up his car, and he lost his wallet. Everything was in there, Social Security, everything like that. So they're scrambling around, trying to say, you know, we need to call 
well, you need to call the bank, et cetera, try to close things down. And so we talked, we prayed, didn't we? We prayed in the hearts about, you know, we need to find that wallet. And John said, oh, I tore the car apart and went back to the gas station and, you know, just kind of retracted where I went. Couldn't find the wallet. But lo and behold, about 20 minutes later, uh, we get another phone call, and John said, guess what? The man who found the wallet came to the house and, and gave it, you know, and brought his wallet back. God cares about all those little things. Sometimes we don't say, we don't want to bother God about this or God about that, but he cares about everything that happens in our lives. Amen? Amen. Number two, uh, worry is irrelevant. I can't say it. Irrelevant. Ever tried to say that fast three times? I can't do it. Anyway, uh, verse 26. And Jesus continues, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Did you catch his words here? Are you not more valuable than they are? You know? Boy, where am I going to go with this one? Worry does not change things. It doesn't. Worry does not change things, nor help us cope with our problems. God knows every bird that falls from the sky, Jesus said that, didn't he, really? God knows every bird that falls from the sky Yet, we are more valuable to him than any bird or animal. He even knows the hair on our heads. Therefore, if God is so precise in every detail surrounding us and his creation, don't you suppose that he is able to supply every concern that we have? Oh, you know, I keep saying this because sometimes we don't think God is capable We don't think God is capable to handle all of our problems, but he is capable. And that is so important that we understand that, that he is able. And then number three, you think we're going fast, we're going to be done. I have five points. Well, hold on, that's not always the case. Number three, worry is wasteful. And we're going to be here a while. Worry is wasteful. And we're going to look at Matthew 6, 27. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Think about that. Worry is a matter of perspective as it relates to the truly important things surrounding life. Jesus reminds us that worry cannot add one single second, minute, hour, day, week, or month and our lives. Modern science that warns constant worry and anxiety can shorten one's life. And that's true. If you are an extreme worrier, you've got to pray and figure that out. Because in the long haul, it will catch up with you. It will do that. That's what worry does. Now, I'm not talking about 
some casual worries that we have. I'm talking about when you are so dominated by worry and fear and anxiety, it will catch up with you. It will do that. I know it doesn't look like it, but I used to run. You know, and I remember back in, the, back in my younger days, I'd be running the streets. And I ran a lot of miles. And so I'd run when I was younger, well, not a problem. But see, I'd always have my, you, have, you need to hear this, we always, I've always had my routes. I had a variety of them. So I'd start, like, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'd go six miles a day. I'd start here. I'd say, okay, I'm going to run to this point. Then I'm going to run over here. Anyway, I'd wind up with my six miles by the time I got home. That's what running does. When I walk, I'm walking back and forth. I'm moving. I'm making distance. I'm walking over here. Good to see you guys. Then I can walk over here. I'm going somewhere. My walk is taking me somewhere. That's what running does. However, once I was done with the run, because it's destroying my knees, I went to the treadmill. Same hours, same miles of running, same hours of the day or whatever, but the amazing thing is, you know, kind of, I don't know about you, have you ever been on a treadmill and you stop and think about it? How stupid is this? <laughs> no, you're, how stupid is this? You punch in your time, right, and your distance, and you're, you're running, and you're sweating, but you're not going anywhere. You know, really, it seems kind of dumb, doesn't it? You know, you're not going anywhere. You haven't advanced an, an inch. Today, Satan has many, so many people running on that treadmill of worry. And they're not getting anywhere. They're just doing it without, without even a... Uh, well, anyway, I'm getting a little bit frustrated about this, but... You know, you can run, you can do these things on the treadmill, you can, you're not going anywhere, but you're also building up worry and poor health through anxiety allowed by worry that just dominates your life. Just dominates. I know Christians who love the Lord but are dominated by worry. And Jesus said, worry just takes away from your joy. It takes away from actually, you know, really worry is a sin. Because what we're doing is when we worry, we're basically saying, well, God can't, God's not in control. God can't help us or whatever. I know that sounds a little bit harsh, but, but that, that applies to myself as well. As well. Worry can be, can be a sin. But here's where I want to go with this. Now it's getting better. Now we're revving up here. You think we're almost done? Well, yes and maybe no. Well, I want to go to number four. Worry doesn't make sense. From Matthew six twenty-eight through 30. And Jesus continued, And why do you worry about, the clo- about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, 
which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Even Solomon, clothed in all of his splendor, could not compare to the beauty of really of God's creation. God supplied the grass we mow. Sometimes we say, well, maybe we ain't got God because our grass is growing so fast. But he supplied the grass we mow, the lilies, and the flowers in our gardens. God is the supplier of all things. But God loves us so, so much. So much more than a lily or a blade of grass. Think about that. Jesus is contrasting. Nature said, look, at God created all of this. It's beautiful. But you are beautiful, Christian. God said, you are beautiful, my son, my daughter, because I created you. You are higher than the lilies of the field, the garden. You are, you are higher. You are more important. I love you. See, God sometimes screams at us through his word to say, please, please stop worrying and turn to me. I'm the one who can help you overcome your worry. And he can. So God created, Jesus said, all the flowers, all the grass, the lilies, yet they do not worry about one single thing. That's Jesus' point. They don't worry about one single thing. Now, I want us to continue, and I want us to look at what he said about that worry, and why do we worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not, they do, they do not labor or spin. He just confirming what I just said. They just do what they were created to do. What are flowers created? What? For beauty. You know, beautiful. You know, they're created to do and grow beautiful as the rain and sun allows them. But Jesus loves us, again, more than that blade of grass. Then in verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? God created nature for our pleasure and survival. But we are his special creation because we are created in his image. That's us. God created us in his image. The lilies and the grass, well, well, they're short-lived, right? You know, we get into the fall, we get into the winter, it's all gone. We're looking out there, it's all dead and it's gone. Remember 1 Peter 1, 24, 25? He said, all men are like the grass, all their glories like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures. The word of the Lord endures. He's forever. So Jesus and Paul, Jesus and Peter, they remind us that life, that life, possessions, accomplishments will fade away. Isn't it interesting? We're into the Olympics, you know, and these people, they work, these athletes, it's amazing. They, they dedicate their whole lives for their discipline, their event, whatever it is. 
when we were ministering in San Jose, you know, years ago, we had a young girl in our church, and she was a gymnast. And her parents had great things for this young lady. And she was good. She won a lot of state awards, et cetera, et cetera. But this little girl, that was her life. Her life was gymnastics. That's all she did. No sleepovers, none of that stuff. She was training, 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 and training. To my knowledge, she never made it to the Olympics. But she worked at it. She worked at it very, very hard. Only eternal life in Christ is lasting. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Only life in God and Christ is lasting. lasting. So, do you believe that? Do you believe that only eternal life in Jesus is lasting? Do you believe that? I'm asking, do you believe that? We say, yes, we do. So, I'm going to follow that up because I believe it too. So, if Jesus is our provider, and God provides us through Christ, and he's a provider of everything, then, to me, it just doesn't make any sense why Jesus would suffer and die on a cross only to ignore our stress. You follow me? That is a question that we need to ask. You know, that really is. Because sometimes we forget the basic fundamentals of the faith. Why Jesus came. If Jesus came and he died on the cross for us, why can't he handle our stress? Why can't I go to my Lord when I'm in worry and anger, whatever it is, and pray to him? Why can't I do that? Well, Jesus said you can do that. So, and I'm guilty. Sometimes I, I take it back. I worry about something, then I take it back. So I'm not trusting. I trust, and then I don't trust. Trust and don't trust. And Jesus said, no, no, no. You need to understand and consider the lilies of the field, the grass, whatever. I love them. I made them. They're beautiful. But you are beautiful. You are greater. You're greater than that. You're greater than nature. I created you. I love you. You're made in my image. So don't you suppose that I'm going to take care of you? Sometimes we need to remember that in our worry to step back and do the basics of the faith. Get out of reading a book. Get out of reading whatever it is and get to the Bible and read what the Bible says about worry. Read what the Bible says about anxiety from 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety upon me for I care for you. He cares for you. Those aren't just words that just were made up to sound nice and good, but to be lived out. The Bible is to be lived out. If you just read the Bible just to read it and understand history, then you're going to miss the power. The power of the word comes when you take the promises of God and you try to live them out, live them in your life. God is screaming at us sometimes that we get so caught up in our humanness that we forget the basics of the faith. Amen? 
I'm not yelling at you. So I don't think I'm yelling. Some of you think I'm, you think I'm yelling at you. Like, no, I'm not. But I'm just, this is just so important for us to see. And this leads us really to um, my fifth point, And that is God, worry is not God's will. Let's look at Matthew 31 through 32. So Jesus said, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I love that. God knows that you need them. Unlike the believer in Jesus Christ, we have the potential to to heal from extreme worry. We all have worries. We all do. We talk about, I worry about my family. I was worried about that wallet. You worry about your family. I worry about my church family. You have a worry. You have a problem. You are hurting. I hurt. I pray for you. I pray for you. However, here's where I want to just say something. That my faith, my faith will not allow my worries to control me. See the difference there? Will not allow that. I've been a pastor a good number of years, and overall these years, I sleep very well. I do. You know, if, if I get sticking, worry starts sticking into my head, and my, I'm thinking about things or whatever, then I have to bring it to the Lord and say, God, this is not where you want me to be. This is not the place that you want me to be. So help me overcome. Why not pray that? God, help me overcome. You died on the cross for me, Jesus. Why can't I come to you for all my needs? Why can't I do that? He said, you can. Just come to me. Come to me. Now, notice the affirmation Jesus gave the warrior. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Consider this. We become, we overcome worry when we put our priorities in order by what? By putting God first. Now, probably most people will memorize uh, that's that passage. Verse 33. It's, it's in your mind, you know. Then God gives the, uh, the words of assurance in verse 34. And here it comes. This is what, I really want you to listen to this, what I'm going to say. Therefore, Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Friends, tomorrow's worries will just wear you down. Because tomorrow's worries becomes tomorrow's worries. It keeps going on and on and on. They will just wear you down. So what did Jesus say? He says, live for the day. What? He said, there's enough worries today, so don't worry about tomorrow. He said, live, live for today. Take that worry that you have and give it to me and just live it and don't carry it over. 
Don't carry that worry over because then it just mounts up and mounts up and mounts up. It becomes a major, major problem. Also, don't dwell, listen to this, don't dwell on yesterday's mess. Don't dwell on yesterday's mess. You know, that's the mistakes that we've made, the regrets that we have, and those things we cannot change. We cannot, we cannot change one thing about what happened yesterday or the day before. And some people live there. They live in their yesterdays. Well, I did this, I did that. I'm not a very good person because, oh, I did this umpteen years ago. My goodness, my friends. I wasn't, I was nasty in college for a while <coughs> until I met Jan. I was just, I was wild. I, would have, I was a wild person when I was younger. I know, Beck, it's hard to believe. But it's true. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, I enjoyed having a good time. My wife taught me discipline. She taught me you know, that, that, that 8 o'clock class is important. I'm here for an education. I said, but I'm here for fun. She said, no, no, no. She, are you paying for your fun? Where's that fun going to get you? See what I'm saying? You know, that is so important that we understand that. How can I put it? I'm going to put it another way. If I can. Seeking the kingdom of God first. Seeking God's kingdom first. And listen to this. I'm pausing because I think it's important that we understand it because this could change your life if you allow it to happen. Let God speak to you now, let God speak to your heart because this is important. Seeking the kingdom of God also, also includes praising God in your moments. Praising God in your moments. And boy, that is easier said than done. It's praising God for your joy. Grandkids are here. Grandma's holding the little one. And they're, they're, they're smiling. Grandpa's holding the little one. This is a joyous moment. Joyful time. How many times things are going good at work, the business or whatever, and things are going along great. You're getting things done. And your life is not complicated. School is good. I'm a straight-A student. Unbelievable. I can take uh, a test with either my left or right hand. I'm so smart. You know, we, we get caught in this joy, in this wonderful Praising God for joy. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you for the joy of my life. Joy of having grandchildren. Joy of having children. Joy of your church, your friends. Boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful things that you've given me. But praising God also for the worries. Praising God for your worries when things aren't so joyful. You know? You get home and your electricity's been off. 
You know, all the meat you just bought Saturday at the Jewel or whatever it is, is all just shot and spoiled. Or worrying about that test that you're waiting to receive the news about. Worrying about relationships. Worrying about money. Can you praise God? Here it comes. Can you praise God in the midst of your worry? That's what he wants. That's how faith grows. Faith grows out of being in the desert of issues in your life and seeking God to help you overcome. That's how your faith is exercised, how it grows. Did not Jesus say, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world? For these reasons, friends, we have it. We have it all in Christ. And as we move into this communion, it just reminds us that when we move into this communion, I want you to think about your worries. Think about what's on your heart, things that are troubling you. And as we transition to the table, think about and pray about what Jesus Christ had done on that cross can help you overcome your worry and your stress. Think about that. How can we, how can we come to the table? How can we come to the table and not feel good? How can we come to the table and not feel good when we eat and drink in remembrance of him? remembrance of him. Now before we start, do all of you have the elements? Have the wine? You know, we have the little cups, containers and everything. Everybody, everybody ready? I didn't want to start without people having having their materials. And for me, for me, I, I tell you, I think Becca, I think Guys, I think I could preach on this all day long about just how much God loves us as we partake in communion. To me, that is the game changer because it brings us back to the fundamentals, back to what he's called us, how he's called us, what he's given us. Jesus gathered with his disciples in that upper room. This is just before he was going to be arrested. And he prayed. And after giving thanks to God, he took the bread and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembering me. Oh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for who you are. I thank you, Lord. You died on that cross just for us. And Lord, I take that personally, that you died on that cross just for me. You died on that cross just for every person here in this place. And you suffered for us. You paid that price. 
In the same way, Jesus took the cup after supper, poured and said, This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Drink this in remembering me. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you shed your blood for us. We thank you, Lord, but we're also just in awe. We thank you, Lord, in, in, the, in, the, in a positive way, not that we wanted you to suffer, but we thank you, Jesus, because you knew that's what it was going to take to be reconciled with God the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your sacrifice. Eat, my brothers and sisters, and drink. that we shared today lead up to this moment when we give you praise and we give you thanks for all things we give you praise for every wart that we carry every sin that we commit we give you praise because you died to set us free and free we are indeed and I pray Lord that if there's any brother and sister here right now that is struggling with worry oh God I pray that you might minister to their hearts that they might see, Jesus, what you want them to see. That they will be healed once and for all, Lord. They will be healed with the blood of the cross, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that you'll heal them. Heal their torment in Jesus' name. Heal their pain in Jesus' name. Heal their distractions in Jesus' name. Replace it all, the negative, with your peace and your confidence. In your name we pray. Amen and amen.